The greatest power in the universe is life, and it's in you. Every moment, every hour, every day, month, and year, you gain more experience, more ability, more power. Go be great. You're listening to the Go Be Great podcast with Travis Wood Sr. Inspiring you to strive for greatness in everything, everywhere, every time. Go Be Great! Great day. Welcome to the Go Be Great podcast. I am Travis Wolf Sr. and you are great. I have an extremely, extremely special guest here, someone who is very, very close to me. I'm so super happy to have him today on our podcast. Everybody, please let me introduce you to Dr. Stanley L. Dr. L, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I'm super, super happy to have you, man. We've got some, I don't know if you want to tell... Maybe you want to take a little. You want to tell one of the stories about. Well, I'll tell one of the stories about uh, something that we. I, I want to say how we met, but we had known each other for a long time and didn't even know it. Uh, apparently, <laughs> about ten years and didn't know. <laughs> so, so I think when I say I've known you for however many years, I would say I've known you. I have to add ten to it because. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. I was sitting in your house one day, and we were—you were actually helping me with the cover of, of my book, uh, "Go Be Great, Overcome and Win," which is right here. You actually designed the cover of my book, and we were talking about the cover of the book and some of the themes and things in the book. And I was—I was telling you that I wanted to have the book out before my birthday, October twenty-eighth of uh, two thousand. At that time, it was two thousand and seventeen. And when I said I wanted to have it out before my birthday. The way I remember it was there was like this interesting feeling, like an interesting silence that just came over the room. And when you asked me the question, when's your birthday? Immediately I knew. For some reason, immediately I just felt like the way the mood was, the way you asked that question, we shared the same birthday. I just felt something special about it. And you said... When I told you my birthday, we both just started laughing. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember it similarly? Oh well, I do remember it uh, pretty much the same way, and I took it as a sign. You know, the, the, the old yeah. phrase "God works mysterious ways." Yes, yes, yes. Because there are some mysterious things going on. I mean, that was that was. <laughs> I was kind of like, you know. I, Watch this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. So cool. That's a, that's a testimony for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, guys, Doctor L is. I want to call him the world's, and he's more humble. He might not say what I'm going to say, but I would call him the world's authority in American business ownership. Um, Doctor L wrote this book, American Business Ownership Development in God We Trust. An extraordinary piece of work here, and you know, I I just. I've been reading this book, Doc, and you gave this book to me. You signed it and gave it to me back in 2017, and I didn't take it in at the time. I didn't take a take a chance. Actually, 2016, rather, you gave this book to me, and I didn't take a take the time to really read it like I should have at that time. And as I progressed through my life and I read it from time to time, read pieces of it, it didn't stand out to me or it didn't sit with me 
the way that it does today when I read it today. I'm in like a different space in my life now. I'm in a, uh, I have a different mindset. And of course, growth has happened. So now as I'm reading this book, every page, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I mean, this, I've highlighted the mess out of this thing so far. It's just, I'm taking notes throughout the book. It's just like so much great information in here. As the authority in American business ownership development, what do you think is, what do you want people to take from this book? Okay, we want to go there. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? Actually, you know what? I'm glad you said it like that because I don't know if I want to go there just yet. I think I don't want to go there just yet. I'm going to save that. Hold on to that. Hold on to that response. I want to I want to ask you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself because I didn't give you a chance to properly introduce who you are and 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 that's what I really want to do because when I first met you and you introduced me to who you were after seeing your display, your just the, 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 I want to call it a museum of all of your works. It was, I thought I knew you. And then when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, please tell, tell everyone who's listening or who's viewing a little bit more about yourself, please. Okay. Uh, well, you know, that's probably the, I don't know, it's, how can I put it? Um, talking about myself, is kind of like uh, one of those things I don't, do a lot, do I, you know, <laughs> and, and, and when I do talk about myself, it, there has to be a compelling reason. And, and that's talked about the exhibit. The reason I put the exhibit up is because there were young people around, you know, and I said, basically, I have to do this. Otherwise, that stuff would be in the closet, <laughs> collecting dust. <laughs> and, it's, and it's pretty much the same now, except that I'm, I am definitely more interested and more willing to tell my story today than I was even maybe, maybe five years ago um, because of folks like you, younger generation and things like that. But I, you know, it's a lot, you know, and I, and I say that from the standpoint, I've been extremely blessed in so many ways is unbelievable. And it's sometimes, you know, I remember Caitlin Anderson asked me about, you know, writing my book. And I said, well, okay, so what direction do I go? I mean, which story do I tell? <laughs> Cause he's, you know, I was born in Philadelphia. I mean, uh, South Philly. Parents moved to North Philly. Before I was five years old, they moved to South Jersey, trying to avoid, you know, the city life and what was going on at the time. Um, I think what was special about uh, the early life, of my life in general, the impressions came from being born into the Moorish American culture. You know, uh, the Moors, some people may understand the Moors, what they're all about, but Moors are very... Uh, pretty much very entrepreneurial. So my father had a business, my mother worked, everybody had some kind of hustle or something. And you grew up with this understanding that you were a child of God and you can do anything God could do. So if you can imagine a child being told that from first time they can even understand words, you tend to go with that. You don't know anything different. And despite what the world looks like, you know, you still have that in you and you keep pushing that bar to make it happen. And I, I consider myself still in that track today. But anyway, in early parts of my life, and I'm going to go back to probably um, six years old, where to me, if I share, was profound. But at the time, it wasn't for me. You know, I actually became interested in metaphysics at six. I didn't know it was called metaphysics. But I wanted to know the truth of life. I wanted to know what life was all about. I also discovered that I could draw. I was an artist and things like that at six years old. But having the world of 
moors around me who are always doing some kind of hustle, some kind of business, some kind of thing like that. I mean, it's amazing that I can say this today. I mean, by the time I was eight, I had a desire, a burning desire to work. And I wanted to be like the old, the adults and doing all kinds of great stuff. You know, you say that to a kid today, like, like what? <laughs> but yeah, you know, I wanted to achieve so much. And remember now, here's the foundation is you can do anything God can do. But what did that mean? You know, so the metaphysical part of it was to find that out. What did God, what does God do? And of course, that kind of drove my whole life. And, you know, I discovered I can draw, I can write, I can do this, can I do that. Now I'm saying discover, but obviously there are things that we all can do innately. We just don't pursue them, you know, because God gave us every gift that we, every tool every, that we have. We got sight, we have hearing, we have voice, we have hands, legs. So you're really limitless in what you can do, but how many people explore it uh, based on the premise that you're a child of God. So anyway, I, I just wanted to push as far as I could go. And I remember starting my own organization. I was eight years old then, and uh, I got in trouble for it because you don't do that and, and go and sell memberships at eight years old in school, you know, and I didn't think about it. Then I just didn't do it anymore. But as I got older, I, I started thinking to myself, wait a minute, I was eight. <laughs> what were they thinking? Why would they stop an eight-year-old from doing something like that? You know, but it didn't stop me because you know I, I ended up going into an organization within the Moorish American culture called the Royal Sentinels, which was for the young men to learn about corporations and corporate structure and things like that. Again, not really knowing where it was going to go, but uh, they fed so much into me as a young person growing up. I know they knew that that foundation was going to turn into something greater than that. So, yeah, I went through high school as an artist, a writer, a singer, a dancer, an organizer, doing spoken word. I mean, I mean the step team, I mean, the whole nine yards and became a very uh, noted student within the school and, and graduated and was going to go to college. I got accepted to colleges and delayed the college because we had started a business, an entertainment production business. And it went extremely well. Within two years, we had the largest discotheque in, in New Jersey. Um, I was meeting superstars. We were producing shows with superstars. I met Patty the Bell at 19. You know, she invited me to a party. And, you know, and again, not even knowing where this would go, but still pushing. Because there's that, that it was already planted. The seed was planted you know, that I could do anything. And, and it was really strange that no one ever told me to stop. All the people that I've ever met that would influence me or give me opportunities, they, it was all a green light, just go, go, go. And that's kind of what kind of drives me today with working with young people is, if I was never told no or never told to stop or never was limited, why would I do that? My, I do just the reverse now. I'm going to tell people that you can do anything and being blessed the way I was, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you know, I started consulting at 19 years old businesses. I, I didn't even know what a consultant was. They had to tell me <laughs> because it came to me. I wasn't looking to be a consultant. I didn't know what a consultant was, you know, no different than as I learned graphic design. I was always an artist, but I learned this thing called graphic design and I learned, whoa, people make money doing this. You kidding? They're going to pay me to do this. <laughs> you know, it was like, wow, people will pay you to think, which was the consulting thing. 
and you're going to pay you to draw and create. I'm like, this is great. And of course, I kept going and ended up working for national companies. I'm 20, probably 21 years old, working in product development, a big company, still doing kind of entertainment stuff on the side. So I always had some kind of business going on, even to this day. And I left that company to go full fledged into my own company. And I, I would say within a couple of years, I'm consulting for national companies now. You know, I'm 30 years old and I'm getting recognized globally. And I'm like, I didn't really know it was a big deal, to tell the truth, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think any of it was a big deal. It's only in the recent past that I realized, wow, how is it that one person can do all these things? You know, I mean, I'm 30 years old and I'm getting offers to, from investors, offshore investors to, with $200 million in me, in my company. I'm like, I didn't think it was a big deal. Nah, I'm not going to do that. That's all I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not selling myself to the devil. No, I've been through that. And I have been through that because of the success we have with the entertainment company and the elements that came out. So I was very leery about getting involved in things like that, things like that, that kind of money. So I didn't do it, but I kept going and had opportunities to consult with bigger and better companies, Fortune 500 internationals. And again, not really understanding what was happening. I'm just going because that's what I, I made myself, I want to just go. I want to just go and create. I'm, this is me, child of God, no limitations. I'm going to go for it. That's still my position today, but it's the reflection now as I meet people and I talk to people. And uh, I remember one incident where a young man who's a young entrepreneur, he asked me, well, how did you get to work for, for national companies as a consultant? And the reason why he asked that question, Travis, was because I didn't go to college yet. <laughs> and he asked me that question, but I knew how to answer him. You know, I was, cause it was very deliberate. When I laid the company out, I laid it out to be a national company from the get go, because in my mind, there's no limitation. So why would I make it small? And my belief is that no one starts a business thinking small. You know, if you have an apple cart, you didn't start that apple cart thinking I'm going to just keep an apple cart. It's impossible for any entrepreneur, any business owner to start anything thinking they're just going to stay small. You know, just eliminate that from your thinking. Mm -hmm. When you go into business, you're thinking success. You're thinking growth. You're thinking about taking care of your family. You're thinking about making an impact on society, all those things. And with me, it was, it was motivated by this God quest. You know, I want to do everything God can do. You know, how did he create the universe? Well, I won't, I'm not going to stop and think about it. I'm just going to keep doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, you chuckle and I'm chuckling at the same time because my mantra at the time, uh, I have to back up a little bit. At that time, I was uh, a dancer. At that time, I, uh, 17 years of dance, 25 years in the martial arts. Of course, I was writing and, and all that kind of doing poetry and things like that. While I was doing the business, and, and creating all these methodologies, like you see in the book, and, and just going and going and going and going and going. And I didn't think anything of it. 110 hours a week. And I didn't think anything of it. I had a blast. It was so much joy. It was unbelievable. So I wasn't interested in stopping, <laughs> you know, but I also wasn't interested in seeing it. Well, I couldn't. It's, to this day, it's impossible for me to see a limitation, regardless of what appearances are around me. I won't accept it. You know, and my, my, when I'm talking to, to business owners and even the large companies, they would bring me in and, and I'm saying right now, most of those companies were large companies and most of them were Caucasian companies. And 
I didn't come in by anybody's recommendation. I didn't come in through a college internship. I didn't come. I came in because they found me and saw my work and they wanted me in. It was all by way of the work I did. I didn't use business cards. I didn't use brochures. I didn't use commercials. I didn't have, there was no websites in <laughs> you know, it was all the stuff. It was just me and my work. Somehow that energy went out and people would identify that energy. And when I would come in and, and talk to them, I wanted to know what their dream was. Ideally, what is it you want with this business? What do you want to achieve? And I wanted to know everything because that was the fuel to feed my drive to drive them. And one of my, my first examples is a, a young man, a Jewish guy, he was 19 years old. He was my first client. He was basically creating these chemicals and putting them in a vat, you know, take these bottles and put them in a vat and, you know, wiping them off and put labels on it. And he had this, this, this chemical to protect cars and stuff like that. And he was in a little room. Somebody had introduced me to him because they thought I can help him. And within three and a half years, he had a three and a half million dollar company. He went from that little room to a factory <laughs> with the vats that you can walk around with ladders and you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. Instead of this little barrel he started out with. And again, I'm not thinking that's anything. That was that was three, three and a half years to $12 million, right? Three and a half years, three and a half million. Oh, three and a half million, okay. Right. Now, of course, another story to get it up there is another 27-year-old that I worked with for about a year and a half. Um, and he went from, no, it was a year. It was a year because he was uh, doing a, a million and a half. He had so, hair salons. And he went to 12 million in one year from a million that's and a half. That's the guy I was talking about. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I figured. And he went from a, a million and a half to 12 million in one year. And I'm like, okay, again, it's nothing to me because the idea is just go. Just keep building and expanding. And it's still the idea. Whatever comes my way, the idea is it came to you, Stanley L. What are you supposed to do with it? Expand it. All right, somebody drops a penny on the ground. What are you supposed to do with that penny? Expand it. Make that penny more than it is. And it reminds me, for those who are you know, religious, it reminds me of the scripture of, of, the, of the talents where the master gave his, his servants you know, the, the talents and said, you know, look, here, take this, these talents. And two of them went out and multiplied it, and one didn't. He just put it in the dirt. And he scolded that guy out. So, wait a minute, what are you doing? Well, with me, it's, it's the law that every ounce of energy that God gives you, you're supposed to expand upon. Every thought, every feeling, spoken word. If the thought's negative, you can only expand upon it by taking it and transmuting it into something good. You can't expand upon a negative, you destroy yourself. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but, but you can flip it around and use the energy, as I often hear you talk about, that, you know, there's, this is all energy. These are all experiences, and they accumulate. And that's exactly what this life is all about, taking the life energy, the intelligence that you have, the experiences that you have, and keep building. And when you do things like that, you can only have a positive impact on the rest of the world. You're not concerned about what the rest of the world is doing. You're concerned about and focused on expanding what God has given you, his life. Well, the natural impact is going to be, wow, look at this guy. Look what he's doing. How can I not recognize what this guy is doing? And I remember the, the one company, that they weren't my, at the time, they were my longest term client. I think I was with them like 10 years. And it was an all white company. And I, I met the president at Wharton. I had attended a small business series there. I think it was maybe six week series. And uh, I always set up in front when I did things like that. I always be the person up in front of the audience or the students, whatever. And right there in front of the presenter or the teacher or the facilitator, whatever. And I did that on purpose because I wanted to be the one to answer the questions. It was a, it was a strategy of mine. 
knowing that anybody behind me is going to go, this guy's answering all the questions. He knows the answers better than the presenter. And that's what this guy said to me. He says, look, you know as much as the presenters. Can we talk? And we talked, and I became a consultant. I managed about $150,000 a year and, uh, for them. And uh, I remember when we, we, we sat down, you know, it's amazing. Color never came up. It was one of those kind of things where the, the, his partner, the financial guy, he said to me, he said, Stanley, you know why we keep you around? I said, no, Joe, why? He says, because you make us money. <laughs> and, and you know it's, it made sense to me but why wouldn't i make money because you remember this is my life that i'm applying to something and the law is i have to expand upon it regardless of what it looks like in front of me if it's your money or somebody else's money my job is to expand upon the experience that comes to me doesn't matter where it comes from. <laughs> so, you know, and that works all the time in, in every case. And it's amazing how many opportunities have come to me because of taking that attitude that it's my life. And when an experience comes to me, it comes to me for one reason only, to be built upon. It's amazing that, you know, you build upon whatever experience comes to you and guess what has to happen? It has to grow, has to expand. <laughs> and you can't lose. You know, if you get fired the next day, you still didn't lose because you gave it your all. And you gained the experience. experience. You gained the experience. And you, experience. you gained the experience. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I don't do. want to keep running on and on. No, I, I just, I love you. I love hearing you talk. I, I love your stories. And I, sometimes when you get going and that energy's going, I would be, man, I wouldn't dare step in the way of that. I wouldn't dare step in the way of that and de try to derail it. So, but I, I did want to ask you though, as the, Actually, you know what? You brought up a good comment, um, a good way of thinking. You said earlier that you didn't give way to appearances. And you talked. You had brought that up when you were talking about that um, the people you were working with, um, you know, didn't look like you. None of them looked like you. You were coming in working for you. you it's during that time in your life, you know, being 19, 20, 25, 30 years old, when um, racism would be really prevalent, it didn't exist. Um, I don't want to say ex it didn't exist, but it didn't affect you or wasn't something that, that kept you from achieving great things. And you didn't give, give way to appearances. You actually talked about that in your book. I highlighted that part um, a little while ago, and I actually shared it with my team. Um, There's a section on page 46 where you say, uh, don't give power to appearances. And you, you brought up the idea that uh, beauty, I actually was going to do a podcast on this. I was going to use your information and do a podcast on this, give you credit, of course. But I wanted to talk about the fact that you said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. This is a statement. Uh, this statement confirms that each individual sees independently or separately from each other. And I thought that was even it's so simple, but it's so profound because if one thing appears a certain way to me, it doesn't make it reality. It's just an appearance. So when we give way to that appearance or we give power to that appearance, whatever negative negative energy comes along with what we think we see will will expand. And it can, like you said, you expand upon negative energy, you can destroy yourself. But if you choose to look at it, to not give power to the appearance, like I'll give an example. Uh, well, let me finish the statement. If you give power to that appearance, it can become whatever you think it becomes. 
or you can look at it from a positive perspective and it can become whatever built what comes from expanding up on positivity, more positivity. When I retired from the Philadelphia Police Department, it looked like, man, I'm not gonna get I was making I was making without any overtime, without working any extra hours, I was bringing in ninety five thousand dollars, almost six figures, right? And I, I was living check to check at the time. So was, I'm not bragging about what I was making. But what I'm saying is that when I retired, I'm like, wait a minute, the, but the check stopped though. Like immediately, like the money stops coming in immediately when I stopped working. So I saw that initially as one or two things. It could be a negative. I'm not going to bring in any income. My, I'm the sole owner or the sole um, breadwinner in my family. At the time, I was bringing in all the income, paying all the bills. So, or at, at least from a, from a from a job, from a career. And I'm like, man, if I stop working, how are we going to survive? Because I had moved my family to California and I was supporting them out there. They needed $3,000 a month just to pay the rent and utilities. And I was still living in Philadelphia and still had a mortgage on the home and still was trying to live out there and take care of myself. And without a job, where's that income going to come from? That looks bad. It appears bad. But I decided to look at it from a different perspective, right? And understand that. I'm not going to give power to that appearance, but know that God's, I trust and believe God's going, going to take care of this. I know there's something more out there, something greater out there for me. And for 10 months, we didn't bring in any income. And, you know, my credit started getting bad. Things started getting messed up financially. But after that 10-month period, and because we kept believing things were going to work and putting the work in and just looking at it as a positive thing, I was grateful to be here with my family. I was able to finally move to LA with my family and be with them every day and build and work together and create together. And when that 10 months was over, God made us whole and even greater. And, you know, now I'm blessed that that's not a challenge for us anymore, you know, but many people at some, some many deal with something like that, a financial issue or a hardship like that, they usually give up and they get frustrated or, or they give, they give way or give power to appearances. And sometimes they don't end up in the best place. You know, so, well, well, let me jump in on that because yeah, there's, a, there's even a little more to it. You spent however many years to get to the point where you're feeling I'm good here financially. Mm -hmm. What we have a tendency to forget when that incident occurs is that you have gained all that power. Why would you throw it away for a moment, <laughs> an appearance for a moment, as, a, as opposed to recognizing what you have gained? That's what drives me every day. I mean, every day I get up, I, I, I look at what I've gained. I have another opportunity to gain more. You gain every minute. There's experience every minute of your life. Every moment of your life, you gain experience. And it's power to build upon. The minute you start seeing it as a negative, you've thrown away the keys. <laughs> the minute that incident pops up, everything behind you, you just threw out the window. <laughs> you know, <it's>, wow. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, how can you not move forward knowing that you've survived? If you're 10 years old, you have, you heard me say this many times. You're 10 years old, you had 10 years experience. Go be great. I'll use your turn. <laughs> you, yeah. you had 25 years experience. Yeah. Go be great. You're 75, 80, 95 years old. Go cool. be greater. Yeah. Because you have a tremendous amount of life experience and power and momentum. And the key word there is momentum. Because the minute you start giving things power, you're starting to slip. Your momentum, start, you're starting to drag. You don't want the drag. You know, it's very uh, interesting to me when, 
know, people get older, they, they want to kick back and retire. I, I call that blasphemy. It's like, why in the world would God have you here to gain all that expertise, all that mastery, all that comfort for you to just sit back and let it just go like a little balloon? Why would you do that? <laughs> why would you do that? That's not what life is about. It's to continue. And thank God for those who can do continue on because they are the ones that will meet the glory of God the way it's supposed to be and see it in this lifetime because they'll continue to push. You know, if, if they go to the grave, he can talk to hey, man, he did, he, he, he went all the way to the end, man. <laughs> he left a legacy here. They got statues. My whole thing is, you know, those constellations they have up there in space. You heard me say this, Hercules, Orion. I want my name on one of them. <laughs> you know, uh, there's enough stars up there to have some, you know, that's what I'm about because that's what's there for me. That's why it's there. Look up to that. Aspire to go there. You don't, you're not going to know if you gave up. You're not going to get there if you give up. You're not even going to get close if you give up. You don't want to slow down because a thing in motion has a tendency to stay in motion. It wants to build more power. It's the, you know, the snowball going down the hill. You know, it's the ripple in the pond. It wants to create more. And we, with the power of free will, are the ones to, to make that determination. Do we want it to go that way? And I, I've heard you say before, some people may be, fearful of success but why look at it as that you know why won't you change the word why can't we say i want to see how good i can be why cause if you're afraid of word success call it goodness <laughs> you know how That's good can i right <laughs> how good can i be <laughs> let's see Let's keep pushing the goodness. Let's see how good. Can we walk on water? Can we feed 5,000 people without a dime in our pocket? You know, I mean, how good can we be? We're told by the master, greater things than these shall you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what you mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, comments. <laughs> well, hey, that's huge. We talked about that. We talk about that often. And, um, you know, greater things than these shall you do. And, you know, for when you think about Jesus and what Jesus had done, you know, he, you know, healed the sick, you know, raised the dead, walked on water, all, you know, all these great things. If Jesus, the master himself said greater things than these shall you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he do also and greater things than these. You said to me, to me before, I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to make Jesus into a liar. Right. I'm trying to do greater things. I'm trying to do greater things and greater things. So I love that perspective. Um, and, and with that said, I want you, actually want to ask you this question, because during a time like the one we're dealing with right now, where, you know, people are I don't want to even put it out there and say that they are some, but it appears that people are feeling some type of something that's that's holding them back or pushing them back or holding them down during this time of um, the COVID-19 pandemic or what have you. And I feel like it's, it's, what if we just decided that this, that this time is exactly what we needed? Like, what if we just chose to, to, to use a different, a different type of language or a different language when we're speaking to say that, you know what, this, 
It's exactly what I needed. All the things that I've wanted to do all this time, all the things that I wanted to achieve that I couldn't because I was working at a job that I didn't love, that I, you know, that wasn't giving me back what I was putting in and, or maybe I wasn't putting in enough to get back more, but I didn't love my job. I, I, I was away from my family every day. I, I couldn't build because of all the distractions of work and, you know, commuting and all those things. This, now we don't have those things. So now what do we do? What do you say to those individuals, to those entrepreneurs, especially that that's, that's who you speak to so much and business owners? What do you say to them during a time like this? The greatest opportunity we could ever have is right now. You know, and, and I do talk about this a lot because, you know, business owners to me are kind of the epitome of what God represents. We create, we provide you know, we have an idea of vision and for some magical reasons, things manifest, <laughs> you, know? you know, we talk about greater things and in the book, you know, and God, we trust. I talk about that. We are the people in, in my eyes that actually use that law. You start off with an idea, a simple idea. And all of a sudden things come together. You know, if it's an apple cart, the apple cart shows up. If there's apples, apples show up. Next thing is a grocery store. Next thing you know is a chain of store. Next thing you know, you're doing global marketing. Where what? Where did it come from? An idea and a drive, the ability to manifest. And the things slow down while you're doing all that. That's not slowing down. That's giving you what you want, more time to create. <laughs> you, know, you know, business owners, come on, let's face it. You know, we have slow seasons. They say, the appearance is we have slow seasons, we have big seasons. It's the holiday seasons, it's Black Friday. All these things occur, but you're constantly running and going, right? You're constantly running and changing hats and this, that, and the other. Now you can step back and look at what you have to build with. Wow, look what I built. Now let's get to work. Don't waste the time because let's face it, there are some savvy folks out there in business that are taking advantage of this very moment right now. Hey, everybody slow down. Guess what I'm going to do? I've told every client, I've, I've told every client that I ever work with who said they had a slow season in their industry. Shame on you if you slow down because your competition's slowing down. That doesn't mean you do. Take advantage of the time. Business is like the universe. Life is like the universe. It's constantly expanding. But you have to do these things consciously. You can't say, I'm going to build my business and then take a back seat. <laughs> so who's building it now? Well, your competition just built right by you. <laughs> he just slipped right by you while you're sitting there going, you know, oh, no, you know yeah, let me kick it back a little bit. You know, and that's exactly what's going to be happening within, with, uh, you know, particularly around this, this whole COVID thing and whatever you want to call lockdown thing. There are people who are so savvy that they know. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm going to set the standards higher so that when things open up, they're going to be following my standards because everybody else took the back seat and relaxed. So when it opens up, you can't do business the same way. It's not going to be like that. It's not going to be business as usual. So who sets the standard? I will. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm stepping up and set, stepping, you know, up and, and setting new standards, higher standards. Although I might say, that if you go through that book, you're going to see that the bar was set very high because traditional business is not built on the highest ideals. There are a few out there, but you only hear about those people, the virtuous companies I call it, the virtuous leaders who are so far out there that nobody will ever catch up. So it's up to each one of us to catch up on our own, to dig into ourselves. You know, what better place can a business owner be where they can sit in the comfort of their own home with their own children and spouse around and talk about their business and make it a go greater?
<laughs> Before they didn't have time to be with the kids and do all that. <laughs> now they can dream together. <laughs> what better opportunity is that? Something that happened in this whole thing is, is just what I have another book uh, that's been done for a while, but I haven't published it yet called Family Bond. And Family Bond talks about the power of the family as a divine unit, marriage being the, the, the core unit. And then we have family that built out, built out of that. And then we have communities that are built out of that. And then we have nations and so forth. The family is a powerhouse within itself. Yet people go into business, go into careers to make money, to support their families and provide a good life, get hung up in the job and the business and the family takes a back seat. Therefore we have the highest evasion force rates and things like that ever, you know, Kids you don't even know who the fathers are half the time. What happened with that motive, motion, that notion of, of, of doing all this for the family and quality of life of my family? Now you have to deal with it. Now you have to deal with it. And that's not a bad thing because the cornerstone of every society is the family. family. It's the power station, the powerhouse, it's the treasure. You know, that's where everything exists. That's where you go back to refuel. You know, you get done a long day of work. You don't, you know, some people do stop by the bar at a happy hour. <laughs> but they're not going to go to sleep there, you know, and not, certainly not comfortably. <laughs> they go home to get that comfort, that recharge. So now you're at home. Take advantage of it. And, and, and I want to repeat again that Folks are out there setting higher standards right now. They're looking to change the way we do business. If I try to sell you something, I'm going to give you a discount here or a deal there in a time like this. How's that look? People are dying. People are ill. People are shut down, locked down. And you're trying to give me a deal? You're trying to sucker me into a deal? <laughs> How's that going to look? change of how we do business. You're not going to be able to do that when you come out of this because it's going to be in that air is going to be there. Where's the sympathy? Where's the compassion? Where's the empathy? Where's the understanding that I'm in a position now that I have to really knuckle down and regrow, retool and enrich my family again, my lifestyle again. Who's going to help me do that? It's not going to be the one that's trying to suck you into a deal. <laughs> and then everybody's going to know that. Everybody's going to know that. Therefore, we do have to start thinking about how we're going to do business again. And uh, there's something uh, that Henry Ford said a long time ago about, and it's, it's the quotes in the book, but I'll, I'll paraphrase it. It's something like at some point, business is going to be seen as one of the most ethical businesses or careers in time, you know, whatever. And, it, and it's true because we as business owners hold the lives of people in our hands. You hire five people. Their lives depend on your business and your direction. If it's a thousand people, your, their lives depend on your direction. You are impacting families for generations. I don't take that lightly. And so if you have a, you know, that kind of mindset where you want to scam people to be successful, you know, guess what kind of culture you're creating. I guarantee any business that's doing that, that your employees don't come to you with ideas to grow your business. I guarantee you that they keep it to themselves because they don't trust you. For those who have that strong relationship with their, their staffs, they're coming to them with ideas, they feel free to open up, and businesses go kaboom, they blow up. So that's my spin on, on the COVID thing. And, and 
and there's going to be more talk about it as we move along because I'm not the person to keep my mouth shut. I have a responsibility to put it out there. There's, there's God. And I'll say it this way. I'm about my father's business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I'll put it that way. It's not traditional yes, business in a way of, you know, how America or any industry is doing business. Cause you get out there, you go through these universities and you get this business education. It becomes the dollar, the profit motive. I've seen so many young people have, who have made a lot of money in, in early days of their lives end up almost losing their lives out of stress knowing that they'd see somebody and lied somebody and they get out the business. You know, one fella I knew he started flipping pizzas. <laughs> Another one became a nutrition because he had to heal himself because he couldn't trust the doctors. You know, you can only push that bar like that the wrong way for so long before you start to drain yourself. There's no, no way to refuel. That's not the life that God's given you. The life that God gives you is pure, perfect. And it's meant to stay that way by you expanding upon it, not doing the opposite to it, making it less pure, less perfect. You know, so this is the wake up call. I love it. I love it. You you talk about in the book, you talk about how we look at how business owners look at problems. And I'm sure, yeah, I knew you'd get it right away. Yes, yes, yes. You talk about, because a question that that I wanted to ask you was what do you think some of the challenges are for entrepreneurs today and I already knew, you know, especially during this time and, and, and outside of this time, but I already knew what your response would, would be based off of what you wrote in the book and based off of how you always speak. Um, one thing I love about you is that you, you're not a guy that, that puts out fluff. Anything you put in the book, you stand by, it, you live by it. That is how you have lived your life and that's what you believe in. And it's manifested some amazing, amazing things in your life. You've been able to help so many people, even with me, with my business. I thought I was running a business for years and I was playing business. I didn't, I had no idea. And, you know, when you came into my life and you, you know, you started to help me to buckle down and turn this thing into a business, we started to see how we can actually really become a multi-million dollar business, you know, which is what I had in mind for this when I first started, you know. And I think one of the things that, where we get caught up as entrepreneurs or as business owners is we focus on the problems. And I'd like you to kind of expand upon that and what you tell us business owners and young entrepreneurs or older entrepreneurs even, what, what, what your philosophy is on problems. Well, we have to be real too. Anybody in business that runs into a problem that they perceive as a problem, they pretty soon or later to go let it go and do something else. <laughs> That's the real, the real deal. Oh, this is a problem. This is a problem. How long are you going to hang on that before you start seeing money out the bank? Bills not being paid and flip that thing around. I remember doing a series of forums over at the community college of Philadelphia. Every third Saturday of the month, we had business owners come over. And we had the question pop up about the problems. All the business owners always, you know, the, the ones that really aren't looming, I'll call it that. They want to, you know, they want the pity party because business owners, we think we're alone. Nobody believes in us. Nobody loves us. We have to do this by ourselves. And I said, you know what? You're digging yourself in this hole, right? Nobody loves me. Nobody, you're down and deep down in this hole. You done dug yourself in and nobody's looking. Nobody's helping you. <laughs> <laughs> eventually what do you do you put that door on the shelf with it you get yourself out of that hole by yourself because <laughs> nobody's going to help you and then i say if you know that you can get out of the hole why dig it <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah 
why in the world would you dig the hole knowing that you got to get out by yourself anyhow? <laughs> and you're going to get out of that hole by you're yourself. You're going to get out of it. Yeah. It's a, and that's a demonstration of the power that business owners have. And they should understand and accept that that's the kind of power they have, whether it be a mom and pop shop or a major Fortune 500 company. You can go to any height you choose. And it's the only the appearances that have an issue. And I also say this too, most business owners are ironclad. They come with it. The minute you start thinking that you can do something and turn it into something to provide for, for others. What happens is the influence of others. You talk about this, the people that yes. you're around. Now, let's apply appearance to this. It appears that this person over here is nagging me. It appears this person's getting in my way. It appears that this is happening. And rather than looking at it as an opportunity to continue to build, because let's face it, if it shows up as a problem you haven't seen before, that's not a bad thing. That's kind of like working out in the gym and you're starting to feel, oh man, my biceps are getting kind of tight. I never felt that before. Well, what's it telling you? <laughs> you haven't worked on that before. That's what it's telling you. So in order to be whole, you got to work that muscle. And that's what these things do. They come up because you haven't worked them before. You know, you, I saw your podcast the other day talking about your son and your wife and, you know, the, the children have uh, the, you know, they have the right to have a voice. <clears throat> and, and I'm listening and I'm smiling. Say, yes, they do. But what's more important than them having a voice is they're in your life to give you something you never had before. <laughs> more experiences you never had before. So who's growing? You and the child's growing. When you marry, you and the wife grow because you haven't been there before. It's a new experience. Gain it with a smile on your face. <laughs> you know? Knowing that you're going to be a better person in the end. When that monster shows up, you laugh at him and go, got you, been through this. <laughs> you're going to tame him just like that. And that's what you know, I call self-mastery. That's what I call being on the path and understanding what life is all about. That is not there to take you out. There's a saying that they call the law of resistance. And without resistance, mankind would not strive. And I'll, I'll use the term for greatness. They wouldn't strive for it because there's nothing there to resist. When you're waking out in the, working out in the, in the weight room and it gets easy, you put more weight on, more resistance. <laughs> well, take that attitude toward all life. It's gonna happen to you. Apply yourself and you know what happens when you get through it, you're greater. Do you stop? No, let's take on some more. <laughs> let's take on some more. Or oh, it looks ugly, it looks threatening. Oh yeah, right, let's take on some more. <laughs> and some more. And knowing that you have become a center of influence, a center of magnetic attraction where you're drawing things to you, it's your responsibility as a business owner to keep pushing forward. Because every, let's face it, you have employees who have families, who have, you know, school and food to put on the table. It's not just you. If that's not enough to motivate you to go beyond whatever shows up in front of you that looks threatening, nothing will be. Don't even try. Because the reality is, if you're going to succeed, all those things are going to be impacted by you. And if mankind as a whole would understand that, we'd have a glorious planet in no time. Because God has definitely blessed us all with that kind of power. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Doc, I got to tell you, this has been truly, truly 
extraordinary. And I know we're going to have to do like a part two, three, four or five of this. And, you know, one of the things one of the things that I really am so grateful for you for is what you bring to the table when it comes to business ownership and entrepreneurship and owners, business development, what you've brought to the table and what you've taught us has been truly, truly so beneficial and what you've done for so many other people, companies, Fortune 500 companies, you name it. Um, it's extraordinary work and more people need that information. More people want that information, but many people make it so challenging for them to receive the information. Either they, they price it out of their league, you know, they, they price it so high people, only people who are already in business and who are making millions of dollars can actually afford some of this th- some of this information. Um, but what I love about you is that you serve the entrepreneur. You serve people at where they are and you give them the best of you, the most that you can give them every single time and you never ever sell them short and you don't ask for anything. You know, I'm, I'm, people give you, give to you because of what you bring to the table and that's how you've served others throughout your life. That's how you've been able to be so successful financially and otherwise because you just give and give and give. And to that point, um, you and I have been talking about it. We want to put together something where we can do that for entrepreneurs. We can bring them something that's going to be valuable, that's going to help them to grow their business, going to help them overcome some of their challenges or things they see as obstacles in their business. And I want to use this opportunity to formally invite everyone out there who's listening or who's watching very soon. Stay tuned for the dates, but we're going to be putting together something major where Dr. L is going to be leading a an entrepreneurship. Um, I don't even want to call it. I don't even want to call it a class. Like it's just, I don't even know what to call it. What would you call it, Doc? Honestly, what would you call it? Ah, uh, good time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those kind of things where you know I I know what it would look like. I can tell you that, you know, you get a bunch of entrepreneurs in the room or want to be an entrepreneur or, you know, senior veteran entrepreneurs. And I come in and I treat it just like I would treat, you know, a first time with a prospect. What do we want to do? Ideally, what is it that you want to achieve? And you have a bunch of people say a bunch of things and you challenge them. You just go at it and give them the, give them what they need. You know, and when you do things in, a, in an environment like that, where people are free to express themselves, I mean, I'm the kind of person who would say to somebody, if I got a sense, you're not thinking big enough. I would say that. You're saying you want to do this, but you're not thinking big enough because you're here. <laughs> you know? And I, I'll, I'll tell anybody, you know, I'm best when I'm working with people who are trying to achieve the extraordinary. If you just want to be ordinary, don't come. because i'm going to challenge you (laughs) you represent so much if you're coming in just saying i just want to you know i i i I." no don't bother because you have an impact on lives go for oh go be great i I might as well just throw that out (laughs) go for the greatness strive for greatness because at any point in time you're always going to win it's okay to think beyond possibilities it's okay where do you think the light bulb came from where do you think the airplane came from yeah (laughs) way beyond thinking way beyond possibilities oh man i look forward to this session i want to see somebody come up with something that nobody ever thought about and that's kind of what i see in this you know where people can come and dream 
and then hear the laws, the laws behind the success of making that dream a reality. And you'll have a powerful, powerful event. You know, you'll, I mean, you'll be waking up energies, man, we never even thought existed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know what to call that, but you know, that's, that's how I don't even know what the, We got to figure out what the title of this thing, because <laughs> when you say it like that, I, I can't even call it, it's almost can't even call it an event or a class or we're going to figure it out, but you guys are going to get something that's extraordinary. I promise you the way Dr. L has challenged me to think and challenge others to think. I've watched him take people who, I've watched him help people go from concept to creation, you know, from, 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 a, from an idea to actually manifesting something powerful and are doing extraordinary things in this world. And, and we must, we have an obligation to bring it to you. We have an obligation to bring it to everybody who's listening or watching and we want to service you. So we're going to be putting that together soon. So please stay tuned for that. I'm going to bring Dr. L back for more. And I'd love to have you on the podcast again. Um, Dr. L is an extraordinary individual, guys. He's, believe it or not, he's been after 20, 25 years now, he's been hosting a radio show. Oh, yeah, actually more than 25. Uh, at Rowan, at, uh, the American Dream has been 25 years, but I was on Philadelphia on radio before that, doing the Beyond the Barracks as a Sunday morning commentary. So, This man's yeah. been in radio for forever, since mo longer than many of us have probably been born as young entrepreneurs, but living rather. But Dr. L has been doing some great things. He's still in radio, guys. We do uh, a, a show called The American Dream on Rowan Radio, Rowan University Radio. And it's an amazing show. The show is now coming out on Saturdays, right? Saturday morning. Saturday morning. So Saturday, Saturday morning at seven thirty in the morning. Um, you can listen to the link. I'll I'll put put it up on on social media. I'll attach it in. On, if you're watching on YouTube, you look down in the uh, in the description of the video, and I'll have it attached there, so you can check out some of the links to some of the shows. But um, looking forward to checking you out more, Doc, um, spending more time with you. We actually have a show this Saturday we're going to be doing. I actually co-host a radio show as well, and I'm a co-producer on the radio show. So if you want to get on the radio show, as a matter of fact, I'd like to use this opportunity to invite you to jump on and get on an, an interview with us. We will help you to get out there and put your information out there to the world, promote your business, help you to promote yourself and market yourself in, in a way that's going to be extraordinary. So we want to provide that opportunity for you guys, for all you who are listening as well. You can just DM me, you can email me. We'll put all the information below and uh, we'd love to have you on the show. So doc, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you and to all the listeners and viewers. Thank you as well so much. We're going to wrap this show up today. Doc, do you have any last, any final words, any final thoughts for our audience today? Ooh. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, the uh, close of Beyond the Barriers. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, please. I am the strength, the courage, the power to move forward steadily through all experiences, wherever they may be, and to remain joyous and uplifted, filled with peace and harmony at all times, by the glorious presence which I am. Just...